0: Here come the Irish!
1: Notre Dame football coverage continues now.
0: Ball caught, touchdown! What a catch on the three yard line by Jaden Thomas! Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Caught on the one yard line and into the end zone, Tobias Merriweather! First catch of his Notre Dame career. Goes
1: for a touchdown from 41 yards out. On Sports
0: Radio 960 WSBT. Setting up Estadio for the middle, 25-20. He'll score. 10-5. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Well, it is time once again to talk to Tim Murray, host of the primetime show on VEASAN, 6 o'clock Eastern Time weekdays. You can check out VEASAN on YouTube TV and also get an audio version of the program at VEASAN.com. That's dot com. Well, Tim, good to be with you once again. I would imagine there's a little extra buzz out in Vegas today with some National Football League action tonight.
1: Oh yeah, there's no doubt. And uh, always great to be on, Darren. And uh, this is a holiday here in Las Vegas. It is one of the biggest weekends of the entire year with uh, with week one of the of the NFL season. And you know, all the contests that go on, whether it be Survivor or uh, Circa Millions, uh, there's a h- number of them uh, that all begin this weekend. So you get a lot of people coming into town uh, to take in all the football action. Like you said, it starts tonight uh, with the Chiefs and the Lions. So uh, here we go. You know, we've, uh, we've been enjoying college football for a couple of weeks, uh, especially with the Irish on the field. But uh, it really gets ramped up this weekend for sure.
0: Tim, one thought on that game with the Travis Kelsey injury and the uncertainty whether he's going to play or not tonight. What has that done to the line?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, we have seen that line move down a little bit. Um, you know, It's uh, sitting at 4.5 uh, with Kansas City, a 4.5-point favorite. Uh, when these lines were posted over the summer months, uh, it was as high as 7. And uh, so we've seen some you know, action come in. Interesting kind of nugget here. Jared Goff in uh, season openers, 6-0 against the spread. Patrick Mahomes, not so shabby himself. He's 4-1 against the spread, (laughs) and his numbers are out of this world. He's uh, thrown for over 1,500 yards, 18 touchdowns, no interceptions in season openers. So uh, it should be uh, a pretty good one uh, tonight, Arrowhead. Well,
0: you watched your Fighting Irish take care of Tennessee State, as expected, last Saturday at Notre Dame Stadium, 56-3. 56-3. I'm not sure if you were looking for anything in particular from the Irish knowing they were playing an inferior opponent, but give me just your overall thoughts. Were you satisfied with what you saw?
1: You know, they covered the spread, for those who are wondering. Uh, <laughs> I believe it closed at 49. So uh, Notre Dame is 2-0 and against the spread this year, uh, and the over uh, went over as well. You know, I think for me uh, the biggest takeaway was you know the offense continues to just hum, um, and you know the the two minute drill. And I, I put on social media. I know it's Tennessee State, but to go 80 yards in 36 seconds without using a timeout is is pretty impressive. That's hard to do that against the air. So, you know, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, Darren, uh, the floor of this team for me continues to rise. Uh, I don't want to get over you know over zealous, and uh, that's why this game. You know, we'll get into the betting angle of this game, but uh, that's why this game is really tricky for me uh, when it comes to the betting angle. Um, but, you know, those first two performances, you know, nine first-half possessions, nine touchdowns, mm. granted against, obviously, inferior opponents. But what you've seen from Sam Hartman has been probably better than advertised to this point, and now you get to see a, a, a pretty formidable foe uh, on their home turf come, uh, come Saturday afternoon.
0: Tim, let me give you a thought that I have going into this NC State game. On the offensive side of the football, there are two areas, despite how everything has looked great so far, that I'm still kind of curious to see how it's going to play out against better opponents. And the two things are this. Number one, I think NC State's going to attack those guards just to test them early on. And also, I think, Tim, the Irish are going to need a whole lot more out of that field wide receiver position. I'm not giving up on Tobias Merriweather, but not much is happening in that spot right now.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, Tony Gibson is a veteran defensive coordinator who has faced uh Sam Hartman, I believe, four times now, or this will be the fourth time. Uh so there's familiarity there, but I think that's an advantage for Notre Dame, to be honest, than it is for NC State, because you've got Sam Hartman who knows Tony Gibson uh quite well. Tony Gibson may not know this Notre Dame offense as well, but no, I think you make a really good point as We haven't seen two guards making their, you know, first road start. You know, I know Ireland technically was not at Notre Dame Stadium, but a true road environment there, Carter-Finley Stadium. Um, So, yeah, I I think Tony Gibson's going to throw some, you know, unique looks at them, try to confuse them uh, a little bit, and I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And I think the biggest thing, you know, for me uh, from Notre Dame, yes, you need to keep – uh, NC State off balance, and I think you do when you have a Sam Hartman, and I want to see more from the wide receiver position for sure. Uh, but I think this stable of running backs, uh, you know, I like the fact that they've kind of kept Audric Estime rather rested these first two weeks uh, because this is a spot for me where I think you really rely on that. You know, I know Devin Ford is going to be sidelined, but, you know, three, four headed monster, however you want to define it. I think Dylan McCullough, uh, Dylan McCullough, excuse me, is is really going to uh, earn his earn his paycheck this week. I, I think hmm. this is a big spot for, for the running running attack with that kind of unique three three five look uh, that NC State likes to throw out there.
0: Tim Murray from Visa, my guest, fighting hours football fan and host of the primetime show on Visa weekdays at six PM Eastern Time. Tim, I know there's been a lot of focus. Brennan Armstrong reuniting with his offensive coordinator At Virginia, a couple of years ago, he looked like an All-American quarterback. He has dipped since then. Now they're back together at NC State. I'm not sure if you caught much of the UConn game, but they were around, a, I think, a 13, 14-point favorite going to UConn. And I wasn't overly impressed. They won 24-14. I think the biggest issue for Brennan right now, he had much better receivers at Virginia than he does at NC State. So I'm just kind of wondering – your feelings, the Irish going up against a dual threat quarterback like Brendan Armstrong Saturday?
1: Yeah, and I, you know you think back to two years ago when Virginia was hosting Notre Dame in a primetime yeah. spot, and uh, you know I remember early on in that week, it was kind of a trendy underdog uh, to take in Virginia, and then Brendan Armstrong doesn't play and and it was a complete disaster for Virginia as Notre Dame really did whatever they wanted in that game, winning comfortably twenty eight to three. Um, I do like the fact before I get to Brendan Armstrong, you mentioned we've talked about familiarity, right? Tony Gibson, the defensive coordinator for NC State. Well, Robert and I, and his offense, Notre Dame has now faced two consecutive years. Granted, two years ago, as mentioned, no Brendan Armstrong, but they faced him up at Syracuse. So Al Golden, Marcus Freeman have familiarity uh, with, with this style of offense, but anytime you're facing a dual threat, like a Brendan Armstrong, it's always tricky. It's always taxing on your linebackers. You know, I'm sure there's going to be moments where uh, the Notre Dame message boards are going to be upset with uh, with a linebacker uh, <laughs> who, you know, maybe can't catch up with Brendan Armstrong. He's going to make some plays with your legs. It's going to be frustrating. Um, but, you know, at least one game, and you really try not to overreact, and I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to, you know, betting, especially in week number two, is try not to overreact. I thought it was pretty sluggish. I was not impressed by this offense. Uh, but Brendan Armstrong is going to make plays. But to your point, I'm really curious about the playmakers that NC State has, and if Notre Dame's corners, who obviously haven't been tested yet, playing Navy and then an FCS opponent. But that's supposed to be the strength of this team. They go deep. Um, you know, maybe the safeties get a little tested this week because that was certainly a question mark coming into the year. But I like the fact that you know these corners are probably. going to be a pretty big advantage in my opinion for, for Notre Dame. And, and as long as you can kind of contain Brendan Armstrong, I give the edge to the, uh, to the Irish defense uh, in this game. You know, what we'll also see is, you know, does Notre Dame have the ability to uh, to have a a legitimate pass rush? I mean, that's kind of been another uh, uh, curious factor coming into this year. And once again, you play Navy, you don't know whether you have, you play Tennessee state, you know, how much can you really put into that? So I'd like to see if Al Golden uh, in this defense can kind of ratchet up some pressure on Brendan Armstrong and make him feel uncomfortable.
0: Tim, using DraftKings Sportsbook, they've got Notre Dame favored by seven and a half at a a dollar eight. You've got NC State at plus seven and a half at a buck twelve. When you see that line, what comes to mind for you?
1: Oh, it's terrifying. Um, you know because I think. I would have think majority of your listeners and folks in South Bend think Notre Dame should be a bigger favorite for what they've done. And, you know, I mentioned overreactions, right? So Notre Dame has played two games, granted against some pretty inferior foes, but they've outscored them 98-6. to 6. NC State plays a Thursday night game up at UConn, and it's not pretty, right? They win, they don't cover, and I think the perception is now that Notre Dame into the top ten, they should go down and steamroll NC State. You know, there's a lot of uh, public sentiment out there, and I've made a lot of money going against this. Where you see a, a home, do- a, a road favorite, a short road favorite, and it's just kind of easy pickings. You know, you mentioned DraftKings over at Veasan.com. We have uh, our betting splits with the action where it's coming in. And, you know, right now, Notre Dame is one of the most publicly bet sides of the week at 91% of the tickets. Uh, then you think about another spot here in Las Vegas, the Westgate Superbook, who uh, I'll be touching base with each and every week before I come on with you. And uh, earlier today, uh, the executive director over there, uh, John Murray, let me know it was about four to one on Notre Dame. And then Notre Dame is going to be in a ton of money line parlays. So it is uh, that is always. The worry that I have about a spot like this where you're going on the road as a perceived bargain and, uh, and it's more of a dogfight than we expect.
0: Is a better thinking right if they say all that information you just said, 91% of the public money is on Notre Dame and the line's not moving? So is that something to be concerned about?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, it, it depends. You know, look, we as recreational betters don't move lines. Um, you know, for every every so often, you know, the, the the Super Bowl, for example, the the recreational money is going to outweigh the the sharp money, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But you know, something something to note uh, when it comes to gambling and when it comes to these lines is as odds makers and and books, they are looking to win, right? So they're going to take stances. You know, you look at Colorado and Nebraska. That's going to be probably the most lopsided bet. Uh, of the entire week, uh, no matter what book you talk to, after what we saw with Colorado in week one, and now they're only a three-point favorite against Nebraska, who lost week one against Minnesota and, you know, blew that lead and and, and wasn't all that impressive, at least in the pub- eyes of the public. So that's going to be a very one-sided play. So, yeah, I, I think there is a little bit of worry. One thing I will say that is maybe a positive here uh, for the Irish is that this did open on Sunday at Circus Sports in Vegas, which I deem as to be the sharpest shop in the country, in my opinion, when it comes to college football. They take high limits. They take all the action. uh, And they went from six to seven and a half pretty much at open. So Hmm. they did move through that key number. However, they haven't really moved off to seven and a half. So that makes you a bit worried. You know, I'll give you a different example. A game like Texas Tech and Oregon, to open seven has gone down to six and a half and has stayed at six and a half. I think, in my opinion, Oregon fans should be a little bit more worried than Notre Dame fans, just on the surface of what the betting line is kind of telling you.
0: Tim, let me use Notre Dame-NC State as an example for my next question, the over-under at DraftKings Sportsbook is 50 and a half. A lot of people like to use trends when they wager. So here's something I read today. When the over-under of an NC State game is below 54, NC State is 0-10 against the spread in their last 10 games. Are those things we should even consider? Should we stay in the moment? It's Notre Dame against NC State.
1: You know, I it's, you know, to each their own, I'll start it that way. Um, I'm not a big trends guy. Look, there are certain trends, like the Army-Navy game has gone under, I think <laughs> it's like 16 or 17 consecutive times. You know, if you if you want to use that as a benchmark, that's totally fine. But I always get a bit worried when you start, you know, hearing these trends and, and, and rolling with them that way. But uh, I had not heard that one. That's an interesting one. My general kind of point of view is, you know, each game, especially nowadays when it comes to, these rosters are, are changing over so much. Uh, I just, how much do those trends ultimately mean, you know, anything, uh, especially for, you know, a, a one-off like this. So, um, you know, I, I, it's worth, you know, everything's kind of worth uh, a data point. Um, but for me, I'm not a big trends guy when it comes to, you know, making my uh, bet one way or the other.
0: Tim burry from VEASAN is my guest, talking Notre Dame football. Do you enjoy – player props in college football, that's becoming a little bit more popular and maybe use Notre Dame as an example. Are there players that you're intrigued by on the Notre Dame roster?
1: You know, it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a great question. And, um, you know, a lot of people, especially in the NFL, uh, when you've had fantasy football around for as long as it's been, um, you know, I know a lot of uh, betters that have uh, reaped the benefits of player pops and, and the perceived, you know, softer market because, you know, the lines in college football and the NFL are probably the two most difficult markets to beat. Uh, those are very sharp markets. A lot of eyeballs on all all of them. You know, when you get into college basketball, you go a little bit further down into uh, into the mid majors and you can maybe get uh, a, a, you know, a, a bonus there, you know, you know, a point or two, whatever it may be. I don't personally play player props, but you know, that's just because it's something that I haven't jumped into. And that, you know, uh there are moments to dabble if you see an advantage. Um, you know, and I'd be curious. You know, whatever Audric Estime's numbers are this week, will they be overinflated, or is that is this the type of game where you'd expect kind of a, a workhorse type of performance from an Audric Estime? You know, the worry you ultimately have, right, is if there's a situation where he does fumble the ball does uh you know uh, I, I forget which game it was last year where he you know got benched for the majority of the game. I don't see that happening uh, but that always makes you you a bit worried but um I personally haven't you know gone into the player prop market, but I think absolutely it is an angle mm-hmm. uh to look to attack, especially you know if you're a Notre Dame fan uh and you know this team uh very well and you feel like you've got a good pulse of what you know they might try to do, especially. Uh, with the first two games kind of playing out the way that they did, you know, this could be an opportunity to maybe try to jump in and and grab an Audric Estime or, you know, maybe a Tobias Merriweather. I know, I mean, that's certainly a buzz name in town. Uh, Will he, you know, make a pop type of play? Uh, So that could be, you know, certainly an angle to look at.
0: And Estime's at 82.5 rushing yards in this particular game against NC State. That number's in a pretty good spot. All right, Tim, one final question for you. And you put it best earlier in our conversation. you got to be careful not to overreact. So with that being said, based on Clemson and Ohio State's first games, I'm wondering as a Notre Dame fan what those performances did to your thoughts about what could lie ahead for this football team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll start with Clemson. I mean, obviously Notre Dame saw us to go to Duke. And, you know, as crazy as this sounds, I actually really liked that result. And and here's what I mean as a Notre Dame fan. Notre Dame plays Ohio State September 23rd. They go to Duke the following week. That is no longer going to be a letdown spot. Now, it, it could be just because of the physicality of they game on, on a Saturday night and, and South Bend and the, and the atmosphere being what it is, but, Notre Dame is going to go into that game facing a ranked team. I mean, Duke's next three opponents: FCS Lafayette, Northwestern, who by mm. the way is a home underdog to UTEP this week, <laughs> and then UConn, who you know we saw UConn play NC State and they're they're feisty. But Duke should be four and zero, and they will be nationally ranked if they're four and zero going up against Notre Dame. And I think that's a good thing for the Irish to make mm-hmm. sure that you're buttoned up, Marcus Freeman in company is not going to be able to, uh, is not going to need to rally the troops, so to speak. Could they still lose that game? Obviously, I mean, Riley Leonard's really impressive, but I actually like that result uh, on Monday night for Notre Dame from the standpoint of I don't think that's a letdown spot anymore. At Louisville, October seventh, could that be a tricky spot? Yeah, I've always thought that was the the more tricky of the two. As for Clemson, I mean, like I said, you don't want to overreact, but I mean, where's the dynamic playmakers that, that we've seen for so many years? And, you know, what is Cade Klubnik? Now, the Notre Dame game is still two months away, and Garrett Riley is a, a pretty darn good offensive coordinator, so they might be able to kind of figure some things out by the time Notre Dame plays them, and obviously you have last year's result, which will lead to motivation for this Clemson team. But does Clemson lose to Florida State? Where's their mindset come November 4th? Ohio State... A little trickier to read. I do like the fact that Notre Dame gets them in a couple weeks as opposed to maybe later in the year. Uh, but certainly Kyle McCord and, and, and Devin Brown didn't look you know, like world beaters against Indiana, an Indiana team that's perceived to be pretty down uh, this year. So all in all, I think it was a, a pretty positive weekend for, for Notre Dame's uh, prospects for, for this upcoming season. Yeah. You know, I, I said – I believe they would lose, I, I, I said preseason, I think I said it with you, I think they're, they were a 9-3 and three football team, but they get tripped up either at Duke, Louisville, or to Pittsburgh, and I thought they'd go 1-2 and two, uh, against um, uh, against the big three. If Notre Dame gets by this weekend, I think we're going to learn a lot this weekend. You know, this is going to be the first time Jared Parker is going to kind of feel the pressure as a play caller, I believe. If Notre Dame gets by this weekend and looks really good doing it, I think 10 and two is, is very, very achievable. And, uh, we might see, you know, this team start to hum, but you know, this is a big hurdle for me when it comes to my vision and perspective of this season, because, you know, Navy might be worse than we anticipated. Tennessee state was always expected to be a, a blowout. Um, I do like the fact that they've been very workmanlike though, right out of the gates, they're not messing around. And it seems like Sam Hartman uh, is, is on a mission this year to, yep. uh, to, to really prove some folks wrong.
0: He is Tim Murray. Check him out tonight, 6 Eastern time on Vison That's a station you can get on YouTube TV, and you can get the audio broadcast at vison.com Tim, again, thank you so much for your analysis and for doing this, and we'll look forward to talking to you next Thursday, hopefully about a 3-0 Irish football team.
1: Yeah, uh, hopefully my my nerves will subside and we'll be feeling <laughs> good going into, uh, into the chips. But uh, the way that I think, Darren – uh, this line terrifies me, especially with all the public money on one side. But hopefully uh, hopefully Notre Dame takes care of business. And, uh, yeah, we're talking about a 3-0 football team uh, welcoming in Central Michigan.
0: See, I was feeling all good, and now I'm nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll be fine. No, I think they'll be good. And, and, Tim, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right, man, appreciate it. That's Tim Murray from VEASAN. Sportsbeat continues next on WSBT.